Um, we had some pretty hectic storms um, earlier, didn't we? It was pretty, pretty crazy. Anyone, anyone's house got struck? Yeah? Turn, what I thought we'd do is kick us off. Turn to the person next to you and imagine if your house got struck and you had 30 seconds to grab something from your house, what would it be? Just have a chat with that, the person next to you. All right, I've got a, um, I've got a Friday for the best answer. Maybe I'll take one from each bank. All right, let's come back in. Come back in. All right, who's got an answer? Who's got? Yep. Your family. That's pretty good. Yeah. What would you take? Clothes. Yep. And someone from this bank. Yep. You take your house. If you could take one thing from your house, you take your house. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'd like to see you pull that off. I'd like to see you pull that off. Um, we're going to come back and think about that question a little bit later on. Um, but but just, to, um, just before I pray, we've been uh, looking at this series called The Servant King, looking at the second half of the book of Mark, which is one of the, the accounts of Jesus' life. And the reason why we've got this kind of hectic crown of thorns is because we're looking at the journey that Jesus took um, towards becoming king. And he was a king that was mocked. He was a king that was forced, this thorny thing on his head. And he's a king that ultimately died. Uh, but the big question we're going to look at uh, tonight, last week we looked about hell, looked at how hectic and how serious hell was, uh, how serious sin is. But tonight we're going to look about heaven. And so the big question we're going to look at tonight is how do I get to heaven? But I'm going to pray before we get into it. Dear Jesus, thank you for keeping us safe tonight. Uh, thank you for this dry, quiet space that we can meet. Uh, thanks for your word, the Bible. Thank you that it's good. And thank you that this is how you speak to us. Uh, please help me explain it clearly to everyone here so that we may learn more about you and why you came. Amen. Well, I'm not sure who your role models are. I'm not sure who it is that you look up to. Uh, maybe it's your, your family, older brother or sister, your parents. Maybe you've got an awesome teacher at school. Maybe it's your youth leaders. Or maybe it's um, you know, someone like Kanye or Tay-Tay or Neymar Jr. Or maybe it's Mick Fanning. I love this, this picture of Mick. Um, just surfing. Well, tonight from the, from, the passage, from the passage that Annika read just before, we're going to look at another role model who actually meets Jesus. We're going to look at a guy who was very high esteemed in society, who, who met Jesus. In, um, your Bible might say the rich young ruler as a title. Um, that's because in other accounts, we see that he's rich, he's a leader, and he's a young guy. And so he's a guy who's got all his life together. And we're going to call this guy Harry, just so that we can kind of you know, understand him, so we can kind of relate to him a bit. Let's call this rich young ruler Harry. See, Harry's a pretty good name, right? There's a bunch of good Harrys out there. Harry Potter, Harry Styles, Healthy Harold, Prince Harry, even Harry Van Vliet. He's a pretty good guy as well. So let's, let's, let's picture this guy who meets Jesus called Harry, right? And Harry, he's got his life all together. He's the head prefect of Greenpoint. He's on a scholarship. Not that his parents couldn't afford it, but he just did so well at school. He plays rep footy. He's an awesome surfer. He actually wrote a song about world peace that Ed Sheeran paid him a million bucks to cover. Yeah, Harry, he's a really good guy, but he's not an arrogant jerk. Even though Harry's in year 12, just imagine me. Imagine this is what Harry's like. Harry, even though he's in year 12, he actually hangs out with the year sevens often at lunchtime just to see how they're going. Because Harry, he's just that good a guy. 
He breaks up fights in the playground. Whenever he sees money, he always hands it into to the office. He's just a really good guy. But his passion, actually, in his holidays, he loves going and helping build orphanages in Africa for disabled kids. Harry, he's a really great guy. He's a real role model in the community. So that's kind of a picture of Harry. And Harry, he meets Jesus, and yet he's lacking something. And what, So what could possibly Jesus offer this guy? He's a guy that's got everything together, right? Well, have a look. Open it back up your Bibles or look on maybe the person next to you. Back to Mark chapter 10. Have a look at verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man, Harry, ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See, this guy, Harry, he goes up to Jesus with a question. I mean, he knows that Jesus is the one with all the answers. He knows his Bible. He knows Jesus is the guy that knows it, knows it more than anyone else. And so he says, good teacher, I've got this question for you. And it's a really good question. How do I inherit eternal life? Essentially, he's asking, how do I get to heaven? I mean, even though Harry, he's got this awesome life. He's rich. He's popular. But he wants more. He realized that deep down, he's missing something. See, all the stuff he's got now, he knows that ultimately it won't last forever. And so he wants to know, how can he have eternal life? How can he get to heaven? And this is the question we're going to be thinking about tonight. How do we get to heaven? Well, here's the first thing I want to say, the first big thing I want to say, that no one, actually, no one is good enough to get to heaven. No one is good enough for God. So check out how Jesus answers this question. Check out verse 18. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. See, Jesus here, he's challenging Harry. See, Harry's a pretty good guy. Thinks Jesus is a pretty good guy. Thinks himself is a pretty good guy. But he's challenging Harry's notion of what truly is good in God's eyes. See, in the world's eyes, Harry is pretty awesome. But in God's eyes, Jesus can see right through him. And some people might think, was Jesus kind of saying that I'm not God here because if only God's good? Is Jesus kind of separating himself from God? No, no, no. Jesus is making sure Harry knows who he's talking to. He's like, dude, you know that only God's good, right? I'm God. Like, are you sure you want to be asking this question? Jesus is kind of setting up the stakes. He's making sure that Harry and him are on the same page. But let's keep reading. Verse 19, Jesus answers, You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your mother and father. And Harry says he's kept all these commandments since he was a boy in verse 20. He hasn't killed anyone, he hasn't hurt anyone, except for a few girls at school that ask him out, he broke their hearts. But he's a good guy. Like he, he, you know, he doesn't copy assignments from Wikipedia. He loves his parents. He loves his family, even his annoying older brother that kind of wants to copy him all the time. But Jesus, he knows that Harry is telling the truth. He doesn't pull him up on that. He affirms all these things. These, are, these come from the Ten Commandments, you may have heard. Jesus knows that this guy has kept all these rules. And so he doesn't try to correct him. And even in verse 21, he looks at him. Check it out. Jesus looks at him. And loves him. He looks at this guy, Harry, wow, I love you. That's really cool. But this is a big problem. It's a big problem. He says, to get to heaven, you just need to do one more thing. One teeny little more thing, and then then you'll be sweet. Harry, just go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. And then you can have treasure in heaven. Then you can get to heaven. See, Harry's probably already giving a bunch of money away, you know, to orphanages in Africa. So this shouldn't be a problem for him, right? 
Well, check out verse 22. What does he say? At this, Harry's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. See, Harry, he couldn't do it. He couldn't stand up to Jesus' challenge. Jesus says in verse 23, how hard it is, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples, they're amazed at this because they think heaven is for rich guys like Harry. They think heaven's for good, powerful leaders like this guy. And so Harry, who's this rich young ruler, of course he's going to be the one that gets to heaven. And the disciples are just blown away by what Jesus says. So when you're rich, it actually competes with loving God and loving other people. There's lots of people out there that give lots and lots of money away. Hands up who's heard of Bill Gates. Yeah, most of you heard of Bill, Bill Gates, owner of Microsoft, one of the richest guys in the world. At one point was one of the richest guys in the world. He's given away, I read, $28 billion to charity. $28 billion, which is pretty incredible. And you can do lots of awesome, he's done lots of awesome things with that. But check out his house. Check out his house. This house is worth $100 million. I'll just describe it for you. you can, it took 300 people to build. You can go up to like any wall and just like touch a button and the art just magically changes. Check out, he's got, he's got 24 bathrooms. He's got his own aquarium. I think I've got a picture of it here, which is pretty awesome. He's even got a tree. He's even got a tree, right, that's monitored by security 24 hours a day. That's his favorite tree. He loves it. He loves it. So Bill Gates, he's done heaps of good stuff. He's given away $28 billion to charity, which is awesome. And yet he's living, he's just chilling in his $100 million crib. So even Bill Gates, as generous as he was, would find it hard to give up everything to the poor. And so Jesus is saying to Harry, Harry, for you to get to heaven, you need to sell everything you have and give to the poor. And so what's Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying the same thing to us? If we want to get to heaven ourselves, do we actually have to go and give up everything? Do we have to literally sell every possession we have, give it to the poor? Is that how we get to heaven? I mean, us, we're pretty rich here. I mean, we might not feel it, but living on the Central Coast probably means our families are in the top 5% of, of rich people in the world. Top 5% just by kind of living on the coast. So we're pretty rich. So do we really have to sell everything to get to heaven? Is that how we do it? Actually, yes. Yes. Some of you guys might be a bit confused. What are you saying, Mike? I mean, I saw you drive here. You've got a car. You've got an iPhone. You haven't done that. What's going on? What's going on? Well, the problem is way back in this guy's question. Way back in this guy's question. Come back to verse 17. He says, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? Now, we thought that seemed like a good question. I mean, he wasn't just concerned with today. He was concerned with the future. He was concerned with eternity, with heaven and hell. These are really good things to be concerned about. But here's the problem. Harry was suffering from eye disease. He's saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How can I get to heaven? What can I do to work my way up to God? But Jesus is showing how incredibly impossible this is for the rich, but actually for everyone to get to heaven. See, Jesus, he knows Harry's hard, and so he gives him a challenge. It's way harder than the bottle flip challenge. He gives him a real challenge to give up everything and actually show where his true priorities are. This shows how he actually fell way short of God's standards. No one is good enough from God. 
See, there's, in the Bible, there's a whole bunch of rules. In the first, if you ever tried to read the first five books of the Bible, there's over 600 rules in there. It's pretty full on. It can kind of go over your head. But Jesus says that all these rules in the Bible can be summed up in two. Love God and love each other as you love yourself. Love God and love each other. And so anyone that perfectly does these can get to heaven. Anyone that perfectly loves God and loves one another can get to heaven. That's God's standard. That's God's standard. So that's what he's saying to Harry. Harry, if you truly love me perfectly, what you'll do is you'll just sell everything you have, you'll give it to the poor, and you'll come follow me. But God knows, actually, that Harry's not going to do it. God knows that none of us, none of us live up to God's standards. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 23, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Hands up who's seen a camel before. Most of you have seen. Who's actually, who's ridden, who's ridden on a camel? Who's ridden, a lot of you. Who's eaten a camel? Who's eaten camel? A few people. That's pretty good. It's quite dry, actually. I've, I've had it once. It's quite dry, as you'd kind of expect. But Jesus is saying that even like a piece of camel steak on a fork, that, that wouldn't even get through the eye of a needle. Jesus is saying it's harder, sorry, it's easier for a camel, easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who's rich to get into heaven. It's easier. And Jesus even goes a bit further than that. He goes a bit further. He says that, check this out. Uh, the disciples are like, who then can be saved? And Jesus says, it's impossible. It's impossible, verse 27, for anyone to walk through that eye of the needle. It's impossible. Because the problem is, we've got, everyone has things in their life they love more than God. For this guy, Harry, it was money. He wouldn't give up his money for God. But for us, I wonder what it is for you. Maybe it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Maybe it's your desire to be in a relationship. Maybe it's parties. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's Netflix. Or maybe it is money. Maybe you've started to get a job or you're doing some stuff around the home. Your parents are giving you pocket money. And as we kind of get money, we just start getting lured into getting, wanting more and more stuff. Maybe that's you. I wonder what it is in your life that you love more than God. What are you prioritizing ahead of God? The Bible says that actually everyone falls short of God's standards. So everyone, no one deserves to get to heaven. There's nothing we can do to get to heaven. The disciples are like, who can be saved? Can anyone get to heaven? And Jesus is like, no, it's impossible. It's impossible for the rich man, the poor man, the beggar man, the hippie, heaven, to get to heaven, sorry, or to be saved from God's judgment. So if you were to die tonight, and, someone asked, and God were to say, why should I let you into heaven? If you were to die tonight, say you got hit by lightning, I hope that doesn't happen. On the way home, you died. I pray that doesn't happen. Why would God let you into heaven? If you were to say, God, you should let me into heaven because, because I did this, because, because of that, I didn't do that, I'm not as bad as this guy, then you don't understand Christianity. See, Jesus says, actually, no one is good enough to get to heaven. It's impossible for us to get there. See, sin, it's ignoring God. Sin is when we turn our backs to God. And when we ignore God, God 
He doesn't ignore our sin. He hates it. He hates it so much. And we saw that last week. We saw how serious hell is. And so what do we do then? How is it possible that anyone can be a Christian? Which Go back to verse 27. Verse 27, Jesus says, To get to heaven, this is impossible with man, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And so here's the last big thing I want to show you. With God, it's possible. To get to heaven, we need to be more like children. We need to be more like children. There's a cheesy 90s photo of children. Now, remember before, as Annika said, she, she, she read that little bit, of, that little bit from um, Mark 13 to 16. That little bit that I kind of threw on her last minute. That wasn't just to kind of trick her or stuff her up or something like that. She read well. But actually, because this is how we see how to get to heaven. Open up your Bibles to um, Mark 10, verse 13. The little children and Jesus. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples, they rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He got angry. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you that anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Jesus is saying there in verse 15 that anyone who won't receive the kingdom of God like a kid is not going to enter it. So for us to get to heaven, we need to be like kids. What's going on? Is he saying we need to be kind of gullible? We need to just believe and, and kind of have this blind faith where we just believe in God and don't ask questions? Is that, is that what he's saying? I'll show you what he's saying. But first, who wants a Freddo? I've got a couple more. Yeah. Got some Freddos. All right. There we go. A whole bunch of hands went up there. A whole bunch of hands over there. Now, the reason why I did that is to show you actually the point that Jesus is trying to make here. See, I know you guys aren't little children. I mean, some of you year sevens, maybe. I mean, I was, I was six foot when I was in year seven, so I was a bit of a freak. But, um, but no, but you guys aren't little children. Like the children Jesus is talking about were probably much younger. But if there's one thing that children are really good at, there's one thing that children are really good at, it's getting stuff. It's receiving stuff. I mean, I didn't have to pause long before a whole bunch of hands went up then. You guys love getting stuff. And kids, like younger kids, they love it. They love getting presents. Christmas time, how good is that when you're a kid? You just couldn't wait. Jesus is saying, to be a Christian, you need to be able to receive the gift. To get to heaven, you need to be like a kid who's good at receiving the gift. See, unlike Harry, who said, Jesus, how can I get to heaven? Jesus is saying, no, 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 you need to be like a kid and receive this gift. You need to be dependent, like a kid, dependent on your heavenly Father, knowing there's nothing that you can do yourself to get to heaven. You need to be dependent on God and receive this gift, recognizing that without Him, we're totally stuffed. My friend before Christmas posted this up on Facebook about his nephew, who's like four. His name's Noah, and Noah said that he's going to write a book for his family which is pretty cool. I think I've got a picture. It's pretty cute, hey? He said, nobody is perfect, but somebody will still love you. It is God, the king of everything. That's my baby voice. That's pretty cool. See, Noah, as a four-year-old little kid, he gets it. He actually knows what it is like to receive the kingdom of heaven. 
He knows what it's like. See, he realizes that no one's perfect. Unlike Harry, he doesn't kind of try to go to God on himself, but he realizes that despite the the things he's stuffed up, maybe he's pooed his pants and forgot to tell mom, or I don't don't know what he's done, but despite what he's done, despite what he's done, he realizes that God still loves him and that God is the king. How good is that? See, Jesus is saying here, we need to be more like Noah. We need to be able to receive God's love, recognize that we have stuffed up and that nothing is going to get us into heaven. This is what Christians call grace. Grace is just a gift, kind of like a Freddo. It's a free gift, nothing that you guys deserve. You just chuck your hand up. And all we need to do is just ask Jesus and he'll give us this free gift of grace. Whereas Harry, he's asking, what can I do? What can I do? To get to heaven. No, no, we need to be like Noah and say, no, no, nothing. You love me because of my, even, even after my mistakes. But many of us here, though, we are like Harry. Not just Harry. A lot of us are like Harry. We live pretty good lives. We're popular. We make good life choices like coming to youth on a Friday night, even when it's hectic weather. We, maybe we go to a good school, a good family. We've, we've followed most of the rules. Like we've never murdered anyone. We don't start fights in the playground. We do all kinds of good stuff. I mean, we come along to G-teams. We read our Bibles. We pray lots. Of course God would love us. Of course God would let us in for those things. And many of us here, when we stuff up though, when we stuff up, maybe we, we swear, we drink, we look at porn, we're mean to our family, people at school. When we stuff up, many of us think that that kind of distance ourselves from God and that actually God doesn't love us and we need to kind of do things to win back God's approval. Some of us here think that. Guys, can I encourage you? When you stuff up, God does not love you any less. He sent Jesus to die for you. He sent his only son to be killed on the cross and he does not love you any less even when you stuff up. But those good things you do, that doesn't make God love you anymore. We need to understand both these things. We need to understand that God lets us in despite of our sin, despite seeing all the things we've done in our life. And we need to understand that this is the best news ever. If we don't understand this is the best news ever, we just haven't got Christianity at all. It's been an epic fail. But Jesus, he's given us this grace. He's given us this gift. I mean, some of us here tonight, we have already opened up this gift. We are Christians. Many of us here are Christians. We've said sorry to Jesus and we're we're trying to follow Jesus. And yet we're drifting. We're starting to think that we can do things to get God's approval. Maybe we've had a bad week and so we say, oh, make sure I'll come to youth. I'll make sure I'll read my Bible today. Guys, you don't have to do that to win God's love. He loves you regardless. But some of us here tonight, we haven't received the gift. Some of us here are like Harry. And we think we can get there ourselves. We think good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. No, no, no. It's not like that. People go to heaven when God forgives them. When people say sorry to God. When you trust Jesus with your life. And so guys, if you haven't opened up the present, if you've been trying to work it yourself, can I encourage you tonight to open up that present? Just say sorry to God. I'm going to pray a prayer at the end. I'll give you guys a chance to do that. But guys who are Christian, guys who are following Jesus, if you're a true child of God, then of course you'll want to live for Him. If you're part of God's family, 
Keep living for Him. Not because living for Him earns you, because that's the response. You know, come along to G teams, not because you have to, not because you get more points for, you know, to try and get to heaven. No, no. Come to G teams because it shows that you're a child of God. It shows that you actually care about God, care about what He says, that you want to actually know it more and apply it to your lives. Come along to G teams. John, I talked about ministry sesh before. Come along. If you're a part of the family, help us out. That's what families do. They, we do the chores together. Come along next week and, and you, you'll find out much more information about how you can get involved. We've got a whole bunch of ways, music. We've got helping out younger kids. We've got heaps and heaps of ways to, to serve. And we'd love to see you there. Not because you have to, because that's what a family member does. That's what a child of God does. He recognizes how much God has done for them. And he wants to see more, he or she wants to see more and more people come to know him. So how do we get to heaven? We're saying that no one can. No one can get to heaven themselves. Don't be like Harry, who tries to do it. Be like Noah. Jesus, he's given it to us. He's given us this sweet present. Let's open it. How about I pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. Even though we are unworthy sinners, we've ignored you, we've loved other things ahead of you. Thank you that you've given us everything. You've given us your son so that we can have eternal life. Lord, some of us here tonight aren't trusting you, Lord. Lord, I pray for us. I pray that we would see how good the gift is. We'd say sorry to you tonight and we can become Christians. We can go to heaven and have eternal life. And Lord, for those who are Christians, Lord, I pray for us. Help us to live a life as part of your family, as your little children, depending on you and wanting to know more and more about you each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.